You're listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluencer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. Welcome to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. I'm your host, Dr. Wayne Purnell, Dr. P, the Outfluencer and your powerful presence mentor. I have I have a dear friend as a guest today. He's uh, been a huge influence in my life. He didn't even know how much he influenced me. Um, beautiful man. And uh, I was able to meet him at one of the high performance groups that we belong to together. James Williams has been in broadcast. He became a high performance coach. He's been a, uh, he co-founded I Heart My Life with his wife, Emily. And he has his own business called The Growth Edge. And uh, wow, just pretty much everything that James brings is brilliant. So no pressure, James. Welcome to One Sharp Sword. Wow, what an intro. Thank you, Wayne. Um, yeah, that's it's really nice to hear. I think it's it's quite common that we don't sit back and reflect on our journeys enough. And so it's always nice to hear it from others. And and you know you've been a massive influence on my life as well. We've uh, you know since we've been in that community together, it's been wonderful to you know be inspired by all the things you've been doing and and um, get your support and everything that I've been doing. And uh, and I think that's the power of a, of a strong community, right? Is just that you know living and loving and growing together. It is true. That's uh, it, we kind of had our own mini mastermind, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> and for those that that may have seen either yours or my Facebook posts, if you go back in time, we've uh, we did Facebook lives together under the heading of um, what was it? The chatterbox. Socially ambitious chatterboxes. Socially ambitious chatterboxes. This was so. inspired by my father, um, who is a chatterbox, and passed that on to me. And my wife, who calls me a socially ambitious chatterbox. That's awesome. Um, and that's why me and Wayne got on so well, because we share that talent. <laughs> it's, it's very true. It's very true. So, so I wanted you on this podcast for a very specific reason. Um, and that is because you're brilliant. No, it's because, because your journey is so unique. Right. Obviously, you're not from the States. There's this accent that uh, follows you. And um, and you've had in Britain, you had quite a career and then quite a career change. And then you had quite a life upheaval and you ended up here. And I just think your journey itself is so inspirational. If you would talk about where you were, what you were doing. Um, how your life got turned upside down by this woman named Emily and how you ended up here. (laughs) That would be awesome. Plus uh, in the next couple of weeks, actually I'm having uh, Emily on as a guest as well. So I look forward to that. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, it has been a journey and, and just to really start off by saying that, um, you know, if I had lived my life based on what others expected I wouldn't be here. You know, I'm not meant to be here um, if if I just believed the expectations of those around me. Um, you know, growing up, going to school, um, my report cards always said, highly intelligent, if he could just, you know, keep his feet on the ground and focus for five minutes, he might get a good grade. 
You know, I really was a, a very, a very average C student. You know, school was a, a format that didn't really work for me, and I, I did okay. Um, but based on the grading system of education, I wasn't meant to do anything particularly special. But deep down inside, I knew that there was something burning within me. I just didn't know what the format for that was, and so I just kind of, you know, jumped on the train with everyone else and followed the format. Um, and so after university studying graphic design and advertising, because it was creative and it was the only thing I could think to do, I went traveling and I stayed in touch with a guy that I'd met who worked in television. I only really stayed in touch with him and my parents when I traveled, because I thought, you know what? Television sounds exciting. Maybe that's, that's something for a socially ambitious chatterbox to get his teeth into. So when I got back from traveling, I early, early twenties, I, I, um, scraped my way into this job in TV. I didn't even have an interview. I, I went in to meet someone. They didn't have any work available. And I, I basically offered to make the tea, which is what we do in Britain. And they were so impressed by that. They said, okay. So I, I was going in as much as I could for about three months unpaid whilst you know driving a white van and delivering camera equipment around the country. Eventually, they offered me a job. 12 years later, I was still there working in television, in graphics and 3D design and production, anything that I could do that was a new challenge. Um, and to be honest with you, out of those 12 years, I stayed there probably six years, six years too long. Um, it wasn't until, as you said, I met somebody who completely threw my, um, my perspective on life through a loop. And that is the, the woman that is now my wife, the love of my life, Emily. I, before I'd met Emily, I was already kind of unsatisfied, right? I felt the way a lot of people feel in their jobs where what was exciting to me at the beginning was no longer exciting. And I, I tried reinventing myself over and over again to find that thing. And then it, 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 I lost it each time. Um, and I realized I was in this bubble. I was in this bubble of extrinsic motivation, which means that I was getting my worth from what else can I learn? What else can I bring in? Who else can I impress? How much more money can I get people to pay me to feel happy? And it wasn't working. And I was trying to solve that problem for within that same bubble, not realizing that on the other side of this bubble with this whole world of opportunity that I didn't think I was worthy of because in the education system, I was an average performer. Then I met Emily. This woman who's, you know, when I met her, you know, she didn't know what she wanted to do, but she was the most unapologetically driven person who refused to believe that anything was impossible. And that kind of woke something up in me that existed when I was a lot younger um, and brought it back out in me now. And I think that was the pin that burst the bubble that I was living in. Um, and to sort of summarize that journey without going too deep, I got a coach to help me figure out, you know, what is it that I'm missing? Because I know I'm intelligent. I know there's something I can do, but what is it that I'm missing? And that coach, you know, helped me realize that, you know, the skills that I'd learned in my 12 years in television, you know, weren't wasted if I went and did something different. In fact, there was something to be taken from everything that I'd ever learned. And this journey um, was relevant in creating the guy that I'd become. And so I realized that, that without knowing it, I was already mentoring. I was already, you know, interested in performance and health and, and, 
and um, what it was to, to be bigger and better and, and grow and connect and, and think bigger. I just wasn't mastering it and I wasn't learning what was necessary to, to coach or teach it for sure. And that's where I find I found the world of Brendan Michard and I found the community that we're a part of, Wayne. And my journey started from there. That's, <laughs> yeah, that portion of your journey started from there. I that mean, <laughs> I, I've been taking notes along the way, James, that, you know, mm. the, the first thing is really like you, my story was one of you're just not living into your potential. Right. And, and that was my fifth grade teacher, right. At the, at a fifth grade open house, I'm this little scrawny kid and, and, you know, that was the message. And it felt like this proclamation you're, you're, you're not, so you never will. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you're, you were told, you know, you're, you're not, you're not living into the expectations that other people had for you. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, well, I guess I'm average. <laughs> I guess I'll always be like, uh, I guess I'm this, uh, you know, this creative that has to live in a box. Right. So luckily you found a creative outlet. Um, the other thing that you said was that you think you stayed at the job, maybe six years too long. Yeah. And in doing coaching, I'm sure you found this as well. I know that most of the people that I've coached when they are unhappy, they've been unhappy for six, eight, 10 years mm -hmm. prior to making the change. And whether that's the relationship they're in with their partner, whether that's the job they're in, whether that's the place they're living, mm -hmm. it's like, this doesn't, it's not me. And to find that place or way of fully expressing who you are, it's, it's huge. And so um, I really appreciate also what you said about uh, acknowledging that even though you stayed longer than you probably, quote, should have, it's not like those years were wasted. And no, that's, that's really important. Right? That's really important that they're not lost years. They are the years that help to create who you are now. And I think, I just think that's so important because a lot of people are in these, the, you're in this space where you know there's more, you're aching for more. And two things have to happen. One, acknowledge that where you've been is, is what got you here and acknowledge that there is more and you have to, say yes in order for anything else to happen you have to step in right so so this is great what uh so that's where the journey began you say after talking about this long journey that's where um, what i call the chapter two began right the next yeah. chapter, you know and i think uh, you know for me wayne it, it really all came down to purpose and i think that you know you, we all know you get what you focus on as you said earlier i was focusing on average and so mm -hmm. i got average and I don't want to discredit the career that I had. It was, you know, it was amazing and it was for an amazing company, but it was displaying an average me. You know, the career, there was nothing wrong with the career. There was nothing wrong with the, the place that I was in. It was who I was there. And I was an average version of myself there because I only focused on the average me. Mm. And I think for me, you know, I, you know, once I realized I was getting what I was focusing on, 
um, I realized that it was up to me then to kind of find my purpose, right? Inner, not, you know, the extrinsic stuff that, that we crave, but really what was the legacy that I wanted to leave behind and who did I want to be? And that all tied around to purpose because we know that you and I know now, Wayne, that purpose directs thoughts. You know, when we're, when we're living with a, with an alignment of what it is we're supposed to be doing, it directs us. And we, even if we don't quite know how we're going to do things, just following that kind of level of purpose, um, it really, it really allowed me to step into choices and not need to know so desperately how. That's magical, right? Just knowing, knowing that you can step into choices. You don't have to know the how. Here's the other thing that most people uh, get lost with is I have to know my purpose before I take action. Mm -hmm. And what we know is that you have to take action in order for your purpose to, to, it's actually in some ways like a GPS, right? You, you go, there's this location I want to get to called purpose. But until you, you know, if you plugged in a location and a GPS, if you're sitting still in a parking space, the GPS can't give you any feedback. Turn left, turn right, right, go straight, go this many miles. Um, and, and so you have to take action in order to get that. Uh, that yeah. For me, it was almost a feeling of being pulled once I got, once I landed in the, oh, I'm headed in this direction. And then it was this, oh, you must now do this direct, like <laughs> being pulled, um, which I'd never felt before. So yeah, what, um, what have been some of the challenges? If you can, I mean, we've all had challenges. If you could talk about some of the challenges and, some, and then some of the things that you did like true action steps that some of our listeners might be able to go, Oh, if I did that, I might be able to have this breakthrough. Mm -hmm. so, uh, really it's how, what can you offer that people could model? So you've had yeah. challenges. Well, there's, there's been many challenges and I think that's, that's the, that's the secret source is that living a life of growth doesn't, doesn't um, remove challenges. It just, it just allows us to deal with those challenges. There's been many and I'm so grateful for them because I realized there wasn't as many challenges before. And that's why things weren't moving forward. Um, I think initially the first challenge was understanding, okay, I'm stepping into this new version of me, the version of me that I knew existed, but I hadn't really been feeding. And so the first challenge was um, now living more consciously every day was kind of more exhausting. You know, I was no longer winging my days and just allowing them to flow I was taking affirmative action every day. Um, and it was, you know, it was a roller coaster of excitement and fear. Um, and it allowed me to, I guess, realize the most important thing, which is the basis of everything that I teach and everything that I live right now. Um, and this is going into a life that was A, working and living at home with my wife, seven days a week working and living at home with my wife in the same business. Um, it was stepping into entrepreneurship as someone who didn't even come from a family of entrepreneurs and had always only understood, you know, working for a company and not having to manage all those other responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, and obviously the the judgments from everyone around me that just wanted the best for me, they thought that leaving this safe, great career was a crazy thing to do. And that was I was being irresponsible. So there was judgment internally out, you know, and externally, mm. there was a new relationship model that had never been taught and a way of working that had never been taught. So those three things. And ultimately, what it, that led me to, which is shaped my life and my teaching now is that there's only one thing that I have control over because the world as we see this year 2020 the world can throw anything at us people can throw anything at us and no matter how many amazing systems and structures and things we learn sometimes stuff doesn't work but there's one thing I can control yep and that's my response yep my response and so I realized that every time I was feeling off purpose or feeling in blame or feeling self-pity or feeling resentful, that I was off purpose and that I was allowing myself to react rather than respond. I was allowing myself to, to fall into a place that wasn't the guy that I wanted to be. And even though that's okay, I'm a human being, I'm allowed to, to have bad days, it gave me the goal of consistently every day aiming to be more responsive by figuring out, okay, well, who do I want to be at my best? Hmm. Who do I get to be at my best? And how every day can I just turn the dial on that a little bit and just say, okay, you know, based on my past, how have I shown up at my best? And looking forward at all the things that I want to achieve. So for the people that are listening that have businesses, you know, one of the things that people get wrong is they, they're, they're building the business and they're not thinking about who they've got to be as they build the business. So you could build this amazing business and think, well, have I grown with my business or am I still the same person? So yeah. I realized early on, I've got to build the business of me if I'm going to build the business, right, of my life. That's I've, got to, I've got to develop me so that I'm able to make those decisions, so that I'm able to trust. And as you said earlier, you know, and I think the quote from, who is it? I think it might be, um, I can't remember, Zig Ziglar said, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. And I think, you know, that was ultimately it. And I think my journey really solidified in, in me taking responsibility for how I was showing up. And everything else, even though there were many ups and downs and struggles, Everything else came back down to that. How do I want to show up? And, and that, my friend, is why you're on this podcast, because <laughs> that resonates so strongly with the message. And it needs to be said, and it needs to be heard over and over and over. It's like we can be working on our businesses, but unless we're working really or we're working in the business, unless we're working on ourselves and on the business, you know, it's like, there's no movement. If you're not willing to grow, that's so good. I, uh, that's so good. Two things I want to make sure that people get one. Um, I, right. I, uh, the one thing I can control is how I respond. That's the, that's the quote I wrote, which is absolutely right. Very good. Being on purpose. Um, and I've got to build the business of me, which I love that. It's like, w even if you're not an entrepreneur, right? Even if you are somehow, 
you know, finding your way through the day and you work for a, a company or you don't, whatever, you've still got to build the business of you. So good. I, um, wow. I, I love it. I just love it. Um, so here to frame that, um, a nice little quote for you is, and I say this is it, it's your responsibility to recognize your response ability. Very good. Yeah. And I think that when we recognize that, any time that we're feeling blame and resentment and fear and negativity and, oh, this shouldn't have happened or that shouldn't have happened, and we've got the should hat on, mm-hmm. we can also recognize that, that you can respond in another, another way. As you would say, Wayne, you can get curious instead of be judgmental about your situation and say, okay, this is what's happening. Yep. I wonder what my options are. I wonder what I can do and what, what action I can take. And that kind of productive thinking, it opens up a whole like world of possibilities and options, you know, and they may not all be possible right in this second, but it gives you a direction. And, and that's all that, that a wandering mind needs is direction. Well, and to recognize that there are choices, right? And, yeah. you know, one of the things that, that I do teach is, is what's available to me now and now and now. And once you're aware, you have more choice. And once you have more choice, you have more awareness and let that uh, expand. So, yeah, this is amazing. Um, your responsibility is to recognize your response ability. Um, recognize that you do have a, the ability to respond in any way you choose. And, you know, at, at the time of this recording, we're right in the throes of the election coming. And um, as this recording is out, the election will have happened. So you and I are talking pre-results. And as this comes out, I'm guessing that there will be this massive opportunity to engage the ability to respond in a different way while you watch other people observe watch notice like what are people doing that car that causes drama and do you need to step into that Mm -hmm. do you really need to step in and be part of the drama or do you choose to respond differently and it's um that's where curiosity is such a wonderful thing you know if we all genuinely would like to to embrace diversity and 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 difference and, and a world of opinion then you know we can we can recognize that we don't all have to agree we don't all have to agree but we can be curious we can have conversations you know and and i think that it you know this is why me recognizing how i show up serves my world and my life is that if i show up with personal curiosity and response ability in my own life then i'm then i'm drawn to be less judgmental of what other people think, even if I don't agree with them. Because I'm more curious with myself, I tend to be more curious with others. So then, and I, I have plenty of friends that, that have differing opinions to me about all sorts of things. And we can have a curious conversation rather than me judging them. Because if we're going to judge differences of opinion, then we're not embracing the diversity of the world. Right. That's what's so special about the world is, is the differences. 
and solutions come from curiosity and discussion. Um, and it starts at home. And I think that's what I would say is, you know, before you go and judge the world, um, really look at yourself and think, you know, am I showing up in my internal world in the way that I would like the world outside of me to be showing up? Beautiful. Right. I love it. And I love that personally, I love that you've brought it back to curiosity because that is a, that is a, a, a pet word of mine. Um, and, and my saying is right. You can't be in judgment if you're in curiosity, living in that space of wonder. And I think that uh, I was actually in a conversation recently about that, that if you look at the early explorers um, and I mean, early explorers, they didn't set out to go, I wonder what's on this continent. They set out to go, I wonder how we can make the people on this continent like us. And um, <laughs> that's problematic. And, and you see it in tourists all the time. And dare I say, unfortunately, especially American tourists that go to other places. This isn't like my home. No kidding. That's why you're traveling is to, <laughs> is to see what's different. And, and to enjoy those differences. And that's the, I think that's the key too, that the, uh, the key to life in so many ways is to see the difference and to be curious about it and what makes it so special for a different group or even a different individual. How does, how does this individual hold that opinion or how did they come to be? So good. I'm looking at other notes as you see me looking down. It's because I'm like, mm, what else do I want to ask you? Um, what else should I know? Talk about the growth edge. You've developed this. I love the website, by the way. This is just a concept, you know, again, you know, and, you know, as you know, a lot of my work happens within uh, I Heart My Life, which is the company that, that my wife owns that I helped her develop in the beginning. You know, I have some amazing female entrepreneurs I work with there. And then Outside of that, you know, as a high performance coach, work with a plethora of, of amazing human beings that just want to kind of recognize within them what I did, that they're, they're, they're capable of more and there's something that they're not seeing. There's a, there's a bubble they're in and they want to figure out how to burst that bubble and, and do more. And the growth edge is a concept that I came up with that just explains that, you know, I love, I love climbing mountains. I love hiking. And I feel like um, as someone who loves metaphors, the idea of hiking is very much like life, you know, especially a really challenging hike. The more challenging the hike, the more reward you get from that hike. Mm. You'll get to an edge, you know, a growth edge on that hike that's just kind of like, I don't know if I can make it up this particular section. This is tough, but I'm so curious about what's up there. I know that the, the view from up there is going to be amazing. And I want to know what's past it. And I want to prove to myself that I can get there. And quite often with hiking, the, the bit just before you get there to that, that particular reward is the toughest bit. It's the growth edge. It's, that, it's the bit that you can't, you're not going to know what's going to happen until you take action and, and, and get over that edge. There's no way of you, you know, deciding, well, I'm only going to climb if I know for sure that, it, that I can do it and it's going to be amazing because that's not life. Right. right. So the growth edge is a concept that really explains that quite often when things feel at their hardest and you're getting that emotional, visceral reaction of pullback, it's when you're the closest to stepping up to a new level. And then what you find is you get up there and you get to this mountaintop and you look, uh, you look ahead and you think, wow, there's a load of other mountaintops. 
Mm-hmm. And you realize that their air quotes, Trisha won't be happy with me, air <laughs> quotes, that there is no there, that there are many theirs, there are many finishing lines. And now you realize, or I realize that, am I going to focus on all of the finishing lines as my only sense of reward? Or am I going to find some joy in the, in the climb? That's great. Like in the process. And so the growth edge is, is the feeling that we get just before we want to move on. But I like to talk about the whole concept of, of the journey, right? I'm not going to wait for, the, for the, the, the few finishing lines throughout the year to feel happiness when I can feel happiness and joy and excitement throughout the entire process of it. And I really want to, you know, support people who are serious about wanting to influence their world and influence their life and figure out what they're capable of to do so by understanding that it's great when you feel those growth edges, you know, because you're on the edge, you're about to discover something amazing. Isn't that great? Yeah. yeah. And it's just, you know, I now, I now get so excited by those feelings of tension and edge because I now recognize there's something on the end of this, right? It's like, it's so exciting. It's, it's almost sick. It's like, I, I want the pain of that start, that bit of tension because well, I now you know, recognize the, something's about to happen. I think it was the founder of Netflix who was the one who said that pressure, the pressure the pressure is a privilege mm. and yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah. So when you're right at that place, it's like, this is hard. This is really hard. It's like, yeah, celebrate that. That yeah. like, look how close you are to this next level and um, amazing, truly amazing. And being able to feel joy in the process. That's like, that's where life is. It's like the vitality bursts through when you're like it's essential it's yeah. so essential you know i i said i say this to emily nearly every night we have this little exercise we do um, where we share three things that we appreciate about ourselves three things we're grateful for and three things we love about each other and we do that every night and when i when i share gratitude nearly you know and i try to just let it pop into my head nearly every single night i just share so much gratitude for me knowing 100% that I'm doing what I was put on this earth to do, you know, and someone said to me the other day, um, I think they were trying to sell me something. It was an email. They said, you know, what would you do if you could do anything professionally? And I said, I'm doing it. Yeah. I really yeah. wouldn't change. Yeah. I'm, do- I'm doing it. And you know, now it's, it's more about cultivating the experience in my life and the complexities and all that kind of stuff, but I'm really doing it. And I think, when you find, when you really identify that purpose, when you're on the journey and, and it gets clearer and it alters, as Wayne said, you're on it and it's, you're, you're figuring it out, man, you know, you cannot fake the kind of energy and passion that comes from doing something that you feel totally in alignment with. And until you feel that, be excited to know that that is available for everyone and finding that path, you know, on that on that metaphorical hike, finding that path where you get in your lane and suddenly it's smooth and it's exciting and vibrant. Oh man, you know, no matter how long it takes you, that's the most worthwhile pursuit you could ever enter into. So good. So good. Right. It's, you know, and that you, you just identified basically the listeners for this podcast there. You're not, you know, my, my listeners are not those that are just 
sideline sort of spectators, right? These are these are people who want to step in, take the next step, own their lives. It's amazing, and and it does. This is a great reminder. The next step is the vital step. The next step is where you come alive. And it's like, be in this space of being happy with what you have. Gratitude right now is so essential. And, you know, I use the phrase happily dissatisfied. If you paused your life right now, would you say you're happy? Yeah. Like things are okay. And you ache for more. And it's like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, right. You know, can you, can you be, can you be, you know, satisfied with what you've got and hungry for more. And you're right, Wayne. It's the trick that especially driven people miss. They're so hungry for more that finding presence, finding gratitude in the moment is a struggle because they've learned so to be in a rush for the next thing. And then that thing comes and then it's the next thing. And it just feels like a race. Um, and that's how we burn out, right? That's how, you know, you, you're teaching your nervous system. We're going to a bit of biology here. You're teaching your nervous system to, to stay in fight or flight, right? You don't need to. You have the ability to, to, to switch on the guns and perform whenever you like and sit in the moment, be there, shut the doors to the future and the past and just say, here in this moment, I am so grateful to be alive. I think that's so important that the... It's about, this is a lesson about neural programming, true nervous system programming that you are teaching your nervous system not to be an addict. Like next, 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 right? It's like next and now, and it can be both, mm -hmm. right? It can be both. That's the trick. And, and if you're not practiced at that, then just practice now. Yeah. First, right? Practice. Now, what am I experiencing? What am I aware of? Now I'm aware of what? And it could be anything from, you know, your socks to uh, you just yeah. took a to, yeah. right? Yeah. I've got a great question for your audience, actually, which they can consider. Um, and I asked this to my clients the other day. I want you to imagine sitting in a room, not doing anything, not thinking about anything, not planning anything, just being and not being productive, literally just being and sitting and not working at all. And I want you to, <laughs> I want you to, to really feel into what that does to your body viscerally right now. Um, because when I asked that question to, to a group of, you know, very successful entrepreneurs, they all said the same thing. But that, the thought of that made them feel anxious, made them feel like Everything was going to fall apart and, oh, my God, like, how could I not do anything? <laughs> and this is where we get to have the we, – we can, if you choose, Wayne, get to have the exciting discussion of the possibility of slowing down to speed up. Not only why it's necessary, but also why it will actually 10x your results. Yeah. I'm sitting here nodding my head. Yes, totally good. I, uh, you know, in imagining that, I will admit that I got a little itchy. Um, it's like, it wasn't like my world's going to fall apart, but, um, I, I don't tend to watch TV. I don't tend to, you know, unless, unless here's something I do do. And I do encourage other people to do it is to put white space on your calendar. Mm. And it's interesting because the day I was assigned, uh, and I have a, I have a coach that 
that has uh, propelled me as well. And and he assigned a group of us to watch a very particular film. And it's like, I don't take time out of my busy day to watch a film. Why would I do that? It's so counterproductive. Hey, I have two hours on my calendar. All right, right. And I, I built in white space. And I think that that is so important. And it does speak to if you don't build in white space, when are you going to slow down? When are you going to sharpen, you know, sharpen, sharpen the sword? You know, when are you, when are you going to take time for you to build a, uh, an edge that allows you to cut through to your next, if you're right. too doing, then you're missing the opportunity of growth. The sword is such a great analogy, Wayne, because, you know, what would happen if a, if a, if a warrior was constantly fighting with his sword and never stopping the sword right. would get blunt and eventually it would break. And that's like your mind and your body. Like you are a weapon and you don't learn, you don't grow and you don't learn when you're reading a book and when you're working out, you don't, your, your body's remembering. The growth happens when you allow it to recover, which is stopping, whether it's sleep, whether it's recovery. And that doesn't mean replacing one mental stimulation with another, right? Like deciding not to work and then flick through Facebook or watch a movie or watch something else is still mental stimulation. Like the real challenge here, can you recognize that for your brain to, to you know, use its glymphatic drainage system to drain out all the garbage, to repair, to say, oh, she wants to or he wants to think more and grow and be more intelligent. I need to repair and, and, and solidify this sword up here so that it's sharper. It can only do that when it's not working. You know, and so, I mean, I always encourage like people to, how can you fall in love with that white space by even giving it a name, you know, recovery space. This is my, my mastery hour. This is where I am literally, I remember, I remember when I convinced Emily to start taking her, this is my wife, when start taking her um, sleep seriously is, is laying out all the reasons how the, the sleep and the regeneration that was happening in her sleep was actually going to directly translate to her making more money in the business. Suddenly she took it seriously. That's awesome. Because, because if you, you cannot catch up what you miss at sleep. I mean, power naps work for productivity, but you cannot catch up the, the repair that happens at night if you don't sleep well. And then you are incapable of performing at your best which for a lot of people, they're performing every day. They actually think that they think that that's their best because they've never experienced their best. So how exciting is it to think that even that's on huge. your current best days, that's you huge. actually have more? Yeah, that's, that's huge, right? The, the people believe they're performing at their best, so how can there be a better than a best? Uh, you know, my dissertation... Uh, was on sleep and recovery and and self-concept based on the ability to push push to where you want to be and um what i found absolutely ties to this which is that your body when you push your body to a new level it actually tells you it needs more sleep that I was expecting in my studies to find that uh, people would come up, they would wake up groggy, they'd report fog, they'd, you know, all that stuff. What they reported was they went to bed earlier and they slept slightly longer, that their body was demanding that. And it's like, that's awesome. 
And so, and that was how many decades ago? And now we've learned so much more about sleep. Oh man, yeah, I mean, incredible. You know, what it does, what the whole process is. And we've also developed so much more technology since I did my research. And that's uh, allowed us, not for the better, to limit our sleep, to use alarms, to be on blue screens differently, to, right, all that stuff that's so disruptive. So this is awesome. Yeah, but when you think about it, like all the, the reasons that, that trapped me in a life that was allowed was only allowing me to be average was the same things you're talking about here. And that is the, is the addiction to external. Yes. Right? Because as you said, Wayne, your body and your mind will tell you when it needs something. Um, right now, in this modern world of external extra- uh, distraction and almost decision fatigue with the amount of opportunities yeah. that are available, we're not listening to our bodies. So our bodies are having to scream louder, which means higher levels of stress, more aches and pains, higher inflammation markers in the body, right? Um, more disrupted sleep. And my bodies are doing that because they're trying to say, hey, listen to me. I need to recover. I'm tired. I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I need less salt or whatever it is. Your body will tell you. And I think that if there's one thing you focused on that would make the biggest difference is reconnect with yourself and learn to listen to what is already being told. You know, you don't, you know, you, you can get to a point in your life where you don't need to wait until there's a, a medical issue or an emotional issue to seek help. Yeah. You can get to a point in your life where you catch those points because you're paying attention to the most important relationship in your life so that you can, you know, move yes. with it and repair and, and grow. And then your, your performance abilities are going to be second to none without the external things that you still get to implement. But then those things are leveraging you. They're not allowing you to survive. <laughs> you know, they're, they're creating a better version of who you already are rather than becoming a necessity to top you up. So good, James. It's so true. The, uh, you know, the whole idea, connect to self, the best, your, your relationship with yourself. Uh, and most people will seek help once they cross a threshold of pain. Mm-hmm. And what, what I believe most people don't realize is that the absence of pain is actually the quote unquote should be the norm. And we've forgotten that, that some people just, that, you know, there's pain in their lives or, you know, there's, they'll just take an aspirin or, uh, you know, ibuprofen or whatever, you know, acetaminophen. Or have a cigarette or have a drink. Just to get past it. It's like, yeah, the, the pain is normal. It's like, no, 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 no. The, the absence of pain is what the norm is. The only pain that you might want to endure is when you deliberately push past your stasis point to deliberately get to a new level of performance. Um, you know, as you, as you do your climbs, you choose what you, (laughs) what you pack or how far you go on your hikes. Right. So, uh, this is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, I'm, uh, yeah. Another question for your audience then, like maybe we should, they should be asking themselves, what, what is it that you're currently settling for? Yes. Like think about all the things in your life that aren't right or you're, you're upset about or aren't either that are just frustrating. What are you settling for? Because if we, if we identify those things, we get to, we get to decide 
you know, I mean, especially from an ROI perspective, first we get to recognize, well, maybe some of those things or some of those people don't actually need to be in my life anymore. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the cost of dealing with it is more pricey than the cost of, sorry, the, the cost of settling on it is more pricey than the cost of dealing with it, right? Maybe we need to make that decision. Um, that, you're right, Ray, a lot of people settle and then just I, get so used to settling. I just think this is fascinating, James, because, you know, that puts people, that's the feeling of the growth edge. That's the feeling of, oh my God, this is hard. If you recognize that when you are facing a, a question like that, what have I been settling for? Mm-hmm. That that is a pressure question. And if you actually a- answer it honestly, your life changes because you do, you know, a- as the one sharp sword thing, you do cut through to what matters most. Mm-hmm. You no longer tolerate what doesn't matter, right? That's the whole, that's... <laughs> You almost tied a bow on this for, for us. This is great. It's like you brought it back to, you know, what does one sharp sword stand for? And, and the other concept, by the way, that you talked about your body as a, as a weapon and recognizing that you're weaponizing for the sake of vitality in the world and, and bringing your gifts. One sharp sword was founded on the idea that one sharp sword is much better than 10,000 dull blades right? That the 10,000 dull blades will not do the work of one sharp sword. And that's what helps you to cut through to what matters most. Uh, external distraction brings high levels of stress. You've got to reconnect with self. What are you settling for? And that demands, uh, you ask the question of what do I really, what do I really want? And if I'm if I am operating at what I believe is my best, what's my next best? Mm-hmm. James, brilliant. Love it. Love you. So glad you're on the show. I, uh, I've missed you. <laughs> I've just missed you. So I've missed really, you, yeah, really glad, really glad to connect here. Anything else you'd like to, um, to bring to our audience, anything that, uh, you wanted them to check out on your website if they wanted to connect with you. Well, you know, I think it would be really, really useful. Something very simple, and I think we've talked a lot about connecting to self. And I think the only place you can really connect to yourself is in the moment, right? Is is mm. practicing presence. And you know, when I first started this journey, I started a meditation journey as well, and. I was trying to figure out what would work for me. And I'm a very visual person. So I came up with something for myself that um, allowed me to conceptualize the idea of presence and feel a sense of control over my response to being dragged to the future in the past. And so I came up with a model there. And then I tried it out with a few people and they loved it. And so I basically turned it into a little free training. And I'd love, I'd love um, to, to offer that to, to everyone here. It's free and you can download it from my website. Um, you can just literally go to thegrowthedge.com and there's a section called freebies. And under there, there's a training called Master Your Busy Mind. And it's just there a really interesting concept of how you can, in a very short period of time, there's a really simple model that conceptualizes how to, how to find the moment how to feel a sense of control over the past and the future um, and find some peace and, and reconnect with yourself. And when you do that, um, 
physiologically, psychologically, a lot of wonderful things start happening and changing for you that really allow you to, to find purpose so that you can move forward and make decisions that are going to work for you uh, rather than work against you. So like I said, just go to thegrowthedge.com, go to freebies and download the Master Your Busy Mind and uh, enjoy. All right. Um, just to make sure it's the growth edge, right? The word the needs to be part of it. The, the growthedge.com. Look for the downloadable Master Your Busy Mind. James Williams, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Wayne. It's a real pleasure. All right. This is One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most. Thanks for listening to One Sharp Sword, cutting through to what matters most with Outfluxer, Dr. Wayne Purnell. For more information, please go to onesharpsword.com. Dot com.